Welcome to Nonprofits Let's Cut to the Chase, a micro podcast series brought to you by the Greater Cincinnati Nonprofit News, your connection for nonprofit news and jobs. In each episode, you will join Jane Page Steiner, owner and publisher of the Greater Cincinnati Nonprofit News, as she talks with leaders and professionals about topics and issues of interest to the nonprofit community. Tune in as we cut to the chase and help you quickly gain knowledge and insights on important nonprofit issues. Welcome to Nonprofits, Let's Cut to the Chase. I'm your host, Jane Page Steiner. We all know it's important to thank your donors, but research has found that more than 60% of all nonprofits don't properly thank their donors. Is your nonprofit effectively thanking and recognizing your supporters? What can you do to truly make your donors feel appreciated and valued? My guest today is Adam Baker, Stewardship Officer from Cincinnati Children's Hospital Medical Center. Today, we're gonna discuss the art of the thank you. Well, Adam, welcome, and we're so glad you're with us today. Thanks for having me. Good to be here virtually, so to speak. Yes, Well, well, thanks again for joining us. Before we get started, I want to remind our listeners to stick around till the end of the podcast when we will hear a fun joke from Adam, as we always like to end with a smile. Also, if you want to learn more about Adam or how to contact Adam, go to our podcast page on our website at jpsnonprofit.com. So Adam, let's jump right in and cut to the chase. You know, I think most nonprofits recognize it's important to thank their donors, but what I see is that the staff is often busy and they have limited time and resources to thank donors. So sort of with that in mind, what do you think are some key elements that they should consider when thanking donors? Well, first of all, I think thanking donors is one of the most important things we can do, right? As a nonprofit, if somebody's taking time to choose you, to support you um, with their hard earned money, Um, or their time, um, or their talent, it is important that you recognize that and just say thank you. It's as simple as that. And as you mentioned, we are pulled all over the place these days, especially um, a lot of us who are working from home or are juggling even more than we ever thought of. Um, So finding time to make sure you say thank you may be difficult, but it is so important. Um, One of the biggest pieces of advice I might have, or one thing I would recommend to to people, especially if you're at a smaller nonprofit, is to engage your board um, or your volunteers. I've been, I've served on boards before where I've been asked to write a thank you note to uh, a section of that organization's uh, donors. And as a board member, it was a way for me to feel really engaged. It was a way for me to feel like I was contributing Um, And I hope that it put a smile on the face of the person who received that. If you are a nonprofit, for instance, uh, who serves children, uh, like my nonprofit, uh, Cincinnati Children's, engage the kids. You know, kids can, you know, create really cute uh, greeting cards. They can create, you know, fun coloring sheets, uh, pieces of art that you can send your donor that will really make them smile. So just kind of be creative um, and don't be scared to ask other people to help you out. Because I think the most important thing is that you're sending the thank you. Um, I don't think it's as important as who it's coming from. Okay. And so is there anything in your mind around timing of thank yous or, you know, what medium you use? Sure. Timeliness is very important with a thank you. I think you need to get it out 
as soon as possible while it's still on the donor's mind. So they've, you know, made that donation. Mm -hmm. um, you obviously pulled at their heartstrings in some way. So let's capitalize on that. Send that thank you as soon as possible. There are lots of ways you can do that. Um, you know, I know a, a tax exempt letter is pretty common from a nonprofit that goes out automatically. So that's going to be obviously a form letter, but take a look at that form letter. Is there a way you can jazz that up a little bit or put a little more heart into it and make that letter um, really sing and make people feel like they are being thanked and shown the impact of their gift, even through that tax letter. And then follow up after that. Is there a way that you can have one of your board members send a, a thank you note? Could your, your president or your CEO or the director of the program send a thank you? Could somebody who has benefited from the services of your organization send a thank you? And that can come in many forms. It can be a, a handwritten note. It can be a typed letter. It could be an email. Um, there are lots of exciting platforms out there today as we have really entered the virtual world. Um, as we are um, serving in a, a pandemic, we obviously are not as face-to-face -face as we used to be. So there are lots of ways where you can send virtual thank yous and, and be in touch virtually. A great program uh, that I use is called Thank View, uh, V-I-E-W. And it's uh, a really simple program. Um, it's a paid service, but I think it's really worth um, the investment that allows uh, a nonprofit to send a personalized video thank you message via email. And that has been really successful at Cincinnati Children's and I know a lot of other organizations, especially in the pandemic when we're not able to meet people face to face. This is a great way to send something that feels very personal um, that can all be done though through this program. Oh, that sounds like a great program. You know, I've always heard, um, you know, the common adage is you can't thank donors enough. And as you know, nonprofits think about, well, how do we systematize? How do we make sure we're capturing any, everyone and all the folks that support us, major donors, small donors, everyone. Do you have any sort of, and I don't know if I want to say hard, fast rules, but sort of principles or practices that you use around how many times you thank donors or timing, things like that? Timing, you know, we have several different ways that we track donors once they come into our system, but we really, our philosophy is no matter what you give, no matter how you give, you deserve to be thanked and you deserve to see the impact that you've made through that gift. So we try really hard to make sure that donors are thanked right away in some form or fashion, but then that we follow up. And that can be um, really customized for your nonprofit. Do you follow up uh, on the one year anniversary of their donation with a look back at you know, a year in review of how their gift made an impact over the course of a year? Or do you do that sooner every six months? Um, it's really up to you and your staff and your workload um, but I think that if you can get that thank you out the door right away and then follow up in a timely manner, you know, within the first year uh, to show the real impact that that gift has made, I think you're doing a lot of things right. So as you think about, you know, you've been doing this a long time and over the years, can you share some of maybe your favorite examples or experiences you've had in thanking people? It's just or you thought it really worked or felt like the, the donor felt really appreciated. 
Yeah, so it's my goal as a stewardship officer to really make sure that every donor feels that they are getting an authentic, personalized thank you. Mm -hmm. um, my biggest nemesis is a form letter. I never want anyone to feel like they're getting, you know, a form letter that's just been automatically generated. Um, so I spend a lot of time crafting these and sometimes, you know, it feels like you're sending these letters out. You're wondering if it means anything, but I did learn um, after a, a few months working at Cincinnati Children's, I remember hearing from one of our donor officers who works directly with donors um, who went for a meeting. This was of course, pre-pandemic, went, went for a meeting at this donor's office and this uh, donor officer saw that this donor had actually framed one of our letters in their office. So they were so touched by that letter that they wanted to frame it, put it up. They were proud of it. Um, so when I got that feedback, I thought, you know what? I'm doing the right thing. <laughs> Let's keep this up. <laughs> well, that's wonderful feedback because I think a lot of us feel that way. You know, what happens after that, you send that letter out. So that's great feedback to hear from a donor. That's wonderful. And I think, you know, we, you, put yourself also in the shoes of a donor. Um, most of us, you know, give to some kind of charitable organization. We, there are so many out there to choose from. Um, donors are being pulled in so many different directions. They're getting all sorts of mail, emails, solicitations. You know, what can you do to stand out? Um, and when I found out that this, this particular donor had, had framed a thank you letter on their wall, that felt like we had really done something to sort of, uh, break out of the, the norm and sort of um, cut through the white noise, so to speak. Absolutely. Before we get back to our interview, need help recruiting experienced and qualified applicants for your nonprofit job openings? Posting your job openings with the Greater Cincinnati Nonprofit News will help you reach thousands of experienced nonprofit professionals each week. To learn more, go to our jobs page at jpsnonprofit.com. So is there any, you know, um, sort of on the other end of that, any lessons you've learned about what not to do? I think if someone tells you not to contact them, don't contact them. <laughs> we, we have, uh, you know, we have a field in our donor management um, system that's, uh, you know, do not email or do not contact. Um, and if through the course of working with a donor, if, it, you know, some people don't want to receive, you know, a, a ton of um, mail or they don't want to receive a ton of emails. Um, so I think it's important to get to know your donor, find out how they like to be thanked, what makes them feel appreciated um, and make sure you adapt to that. Um, most of the times, no one is going to be upset about getting a, a thank you note. That's a pretty easy thing to send in the mail. Um, but you want to be conscious of the communications that you're sending out. You don't want to overwhelm people. You don't want um, the last thing you want a donor to, to think is that you are spending their time and money on all of these communications rather than doing the work of your organization. So you want to balance it out with making sure that they can see how their gift is making a difference, um, but doing it in a way that they, they feel is appropriate. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I think one of the things I think the challenge today is there are so many ways to communicate with people is it, I think you're right that it can be um, easy to unintentionally maybe overwhelm people with communications. And, and as you think about that, do you really 
put a lot of thought into or make decisions around the different mediums that you use? Are you finding now you're using more social media and as a, and um, maybe emails as opposed to a hard copy? I would say we're using video much more than we ever mm -hmm. have before. And I know, you know, video has been sort of a buzzword for a long time in marketing and communications, but I think in the pandemic, especially, it's mm -hmm. one of the only words. Um, I mean, we have really used video a, a lot to communicate our message, to um, show donors how much we appreciate them, to show donors uh, the impact of their gift. Uh, we've done almost all of that through video. Some of our donor events that we used to hold in person, um, you know, at big venues, we've now um, completely pivoted and changed those to online um, events, leveraging video. Uh, so I think that medium has always been popular, but is, is even more popular now. And um, the nice thing is that we've gotten great feedback from it too. Um, I think maybe more so than before the pandemic, people are very open to video now. Um, almost every organization is using it in some way. So we're all as a community, I guess, more um, used to that. So it's it's not as foreign as perhaps it used to be. And we've gotten a lot of positive feedback from folks um, because the other great thing about you know Cincinnati Children's is we have an entire base of amazing kids who have received amazing care um, by our amazing team who can send really great messages of thanks to donors. So anytime that they receive a video with a, a cute kid saying thank you, um, it goes a long way. I bet, I bet it does. Yeah, that's wonderful. Well, so I see our time's just about up. So do you have any final thoughts before we go to your joke? Uh, just that, I mean, I think we've hit on the, you know, the importance that you can't say thank you enough, um, that thank you is one of the most important things you can do. And I would say, you know, my best advice is when you're thinking about saying thank you, there are three things I think you should keep in mind. One is timely, make sure you get that thank you out as soon as possible. Two is uh, be authentic, make that thank you very personalized, write from the heart, speak from the heart. And lastly, be mission focused. Always try to bring that thank you um, back to your mission and make sure you are showing that donor why their gift is so important and what it will do for your organization and how it will bring about positive change. Um, remind them why they gave. Okay, thank you. That's great advice. So Adam, are you ready to share your joke? I am. So I've been thinking about this. I used to work <laughs> in the um, marketing department at the public library. So I'm giving you a literary theme joke today. I like that. And, you know, I am a dad of two, so it may be a little bit of a dad joke as well. <laughs> but the joke is, what does Charles Dickens keep in his spice cabinet? Okay, so what does Charles Dickens keep in his spice cabinet? The best of times and the worst of times. It's a corny one. Yeah, that's a good one to share with your English teachers, right? <laughs> exactly. You know, as I spend a lot of time writing so um, and reading, so it, it felt appropriate. That's great. I appreciate that. Well, thank you for joining us. And don't forget, it's easy to share our podcast with your colleagues, board members, and volunteers. You can download our episodes on our podcast page on our website at jpsnonprofit.com. 
Thanks for listening and join us next time for Nonprofits Let's Cut to the Chase.